podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. This is episode three, and today we're talking about The Hunt for Red October. Yes, that, that classic 1990s film about the 1984 thing that didn't actually happen. <laughs> I am Sean Ard, and joining me tonight is Chad. The next time, just write a damn memo, Evans. That's right. Cornelius, crazy Ivan Logan. Yes. <laughs> and Sam, if I'm not kissing babies, I'm stealing their lollipops, Vector. Oh, yeah, how appropriate. Yeah. So pull up a comfy chair and let's dive in. Yes. Deep, oh, I get it because it's water. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually didn't even mean dive in for the for for Hunt for October. That's just what's in my script. Um. So Hunt for October. Con Somar, Crazy Ivan. Uh. This movie is uh, 1990s um, Hunt for Red October. Corny, I'm so glad you picked this. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say that off front. I don't care if the point of this podcast is to, to get how we feel about this movie. Nothing will change how I feel about this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. Yeah. And nothing will ever deter me from that. Um, it has a weird special place in my heart. Um, I have this weird fondness of submarine movies. Yeah, and and I think it's because of my love of space sci-fi movies, where you're in this thing, this ship, this vessel, and you are cut off from society, from the world, from everything, and you are on your own, so to speak, and you have to, by the grit of your whatever and the sweat of your something, <laughs> survive, and. And that's what I like about submarine movies. U-571, even Down Periscope has a place. Uh, Crimson Tide, Das Boot, like these are all, I love these types of movies. So with that being said, uh, I just want your initial impressions. Uh, Everyone has seen this movie, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, before. Okay, before today. Before today. Yeah. Um, uh, So... Uh, So, Chad, just uh, when was the last time you saw it before today, and and how did you feel then, and how do you feel now? Uh, Last time I saw this movie had to have been about a year ago, Um, and this is is really just one of my all-time favorite favorite films, Um, and I just watch it whenever, you know, just... just for no no apparent reason. It's like, ooh, I want to watch the movie. Um, uh, How did I feel then? Um, I don't know, I just... I always I know what I'm going to get into, and I know it's going to be a good story. And even though it is fiction, you know I I I just I liked it then. I like it now. And you know, going into it this time around, you know, I never really put two and two together, and finally figured out that he actually, like the Alec Baldwin character, lives in the United Kingdom. Like I don't know how I've seen this like hundreds of times, and I never put those two together, or never never it. So you know. Learning something new every time I see it. There you go, Corny. What same same question? Uh, it, in all honesty, it's probably been at least ten years uh, since I've seen this movie, um, and so watching it again is, is kind of giving me the oh, uh, this is this is new to me. Um, but I will say this: uh, while I like this movie a lot, it's not going to be in my top ten just because it's not my type of movie. It's a great movie, absolutely yeah. great movie. Um, but it does it, it draws your attention, and that's what I love about this movie. A lot of movies that I like are 
uh, ones that you know you don't have to pay attention to the entire time. This one, I feel that you do because there's it, for me it felt like there were a couple of little different uh, nuances to what was going on that I might have you know that uh, would play out later. You know, I, I don't know. That's how it felt to me. Whether it was or not, it kind of felt that way to me. And Sam, same question. Yeah, you know, I thought Denzel Washington did a really good job in Wrong this movie. movie. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, you mean you watched Crimson Tide and didn't realize it? <laughs> no, this is this is again one of my one of my favorite movies. Um, it's it's not in my top ten, which is surprising, but it's just one of those things that that you, you start it and you, doggone it, you have to finish it. You know, it is it draws you in. It's interesting. It's suspenseful. You know, it's it's that perfect thriller that just keeps upping the ante. You know, you you go throughout this entire movie, and I tried to watch it with fresh eyes. Lord knows I've seen it dozens of times. But watching it with fresh eyes and trying to see, you know, how they they crafted this thing. And, and I thought they did a masterful job with, uh, you know, just ratcheting up that tension. Sure. And, yeah. you know, some of the best thrillers, the best thrillers you'll ever see out there always seem to do that, where... You know, as the movie goes along, you're, you're getting closer and closer to the edge of your seat, and and especially by the end of this movie, and and what happens with a lot of submarine movies is, you know, it's the odds are against them, and um, you know, like you said, by their wit and and intelligence, you know, they're able to uh, they're able to get away with it. You know, the the you know, I like I said, I've seen it a dozen times, and there were several things in this movie that that just popped into my mind again, like, oh, no, now I remember that, you know, the uh, turning into the torpedo. I was sitting there the other day watching it, and I'm like, why are they turning into this torpedo, not realizing, of course, it wasn't armed yet, you know, and right. basically just rammed a dead torpedo. Um, but, yeah, this is this is definitely a movie to see and, and a heck of a lot of fun. And one of the things, I couldn't believe I didn't realize this before, I had no idea this was a Jack Ryan movie. And I, really? Yeah. I, I, all of a sudden, you know, I see, you know, Jack Ryan. I'm like, wait a second. You know, because there's a, was it a new movie coming out, Jack Ryan? Yeah, it's literally called Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. And you've uh, got. Subtitled The Man with Two First Names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you've got all these other Jack Ryan. And is it Tom, Tom Clancy, I believe, right? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, wrote all these great books and, 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 you know, produced all these other good, good stories for movies. And uh, that was, you know, again, it's just something new kind of pops up every time I see this thing. And it doesn't hurt to have Alan Grant in the movie either. That that makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, right. Because he's not being chased by dinosaurs in this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Though he just wants to eat rabbits and uh, have two wives. And uh, I, I guess, uh, let me backtrack for just a half a second and give you the, the plot twist. In case that there's anyone listening to the sound of my voice that has not <laughs> seen this movie, um, it is thus. In 1984, I know it was filmed in 1990, they take, it takes place in 1984. It's kind of confusing. I'll try to keep up. In 1984, the USSR's best submarine captain and the newest sub violates orders and heads for the U.S. Is he trying to defect or start a war? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's 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 a, it's kind of a, it's not really a spy movie, you know. The, Jack Ryan works for the CIA, and that's the gag throughout the entire series is that he's just an analyst. I'm not I'm not an action hero. I'm not a marine. I'm an analyst. I write books for the CIA. You know, that's what he does, and and that's what makes his character so interesting and endearing and 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 fun. I think um, because 
because you can, as, as the nerd that we are, and, and probably the quote-unquote every man, we can kind of relate to him. He's in a chopper that's just bouncing all over the place, and you can <laughs> tell he's completely uncomfortable, and you would be too, or I would be too. Um, and so that's just, to me, what makes his character so um, fitting. I didn't answer the question I asked you guys. Um, I watch this movie all the time with my parents. I don't know why my dad loved this movie. Uh, he likes seafaring movies. I think my dad and I are probably the only two people in America besides Kevin Costner that like Waterworld. <laughs> so, um, yes. we used to watch this movie. Stop it with your ass, <laughs> We used to watch this movie all the time. And uh, no, it's not in my top ten. But if you if you counted my top ten as far as volume, consumption, this is probably in my top ten. I've probably seen this movie 20 times. Um, I, I was quoting half of the movie while I was watching it. Um, I watched it probably less than six months ago because when it, I first saw that it was on Netflix, I thought, well, I, it's on Netflix. I have to watch it now. Um, <laughs> it, it, it just makes me happy. And the one-liners are not overly cheesy. They're great. They're not. This isn't what I would call military porn. Um, like Top Gun, I consider military porn or those stupid Iron Eagle movies, things like ah, that. Not what this is, is. Um, it, but it shows the military in a good light and, um, and it, it, it takes itself seriously and in earnest. And I, and I love this movie. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to kind of, I want to kind of get into more about this. It's directed by, uh, John McTiernan. Now he's one of my favorite actors from the nineties. Uh, directors, I mean, directors. <laughs> but say, what has he been in? In case you've never heard of John McTiernan and what he's directed, he directed Predator, the good one. He then directed Die Hard. He then directed Hunt for Red October. He then directed Medicine Man. Okay? So oh, wow. we're great so far. Then he does this horrible thing called Last Action Hero. Oh. <laughs> then he comes out with Die Hard with a Vengeance. And I would okay. argue uh-huh. that it's just as good as Die Hard. He should have directed Die Hard 2, but he was doing Hunt for Red October and couldn't. He then does The 13th Warrior, which I also love. I you know why? I'm surprised. Warrior. I like that too. It's a great film, yeah. and I will fight somebody for it. Um, Thomas Crown Affair with Pierce Brosnan. Another good really good yeah. film. Then he does Shite like Rollerball, and then he comes back pretty good with Basic. And that's his, that's his directory. That's it. Uh, it's, yeah. that, I've literally named everything. So uh, I, I, he's great. I think he's, he, he has an eye for certainly action. Um, and I, I think finding ways to deliver good lines and, um, and have the actors do what he needs them to do. Note Die Hard is not a work of art, or <laughs> near, nor is Die Hard with a Vengeance. But... You just there's something about his directing style. I mean, literally, except for Last Action Hero, which is is just hot garbage. Um, I, I love his directing style and everything about it. So there you go. Uh, you know, and it's funny. A lot of that are you know are action films. You know, can can we really put Hunt for Red October in, in that classification? I wouldn't. I don't no. think it's an action film. It's. I, I have to agree. Yeah. It's a it's a thriller through and yeah. through. Certainly, there are moments of action, right? Um, but very very sparse, very very sparse. No, it's but a it never feels game, like so. that. Yeah, it never really feels. 
you know, I, I will admit this was the first time I watched it, and the first 30 minutes I was kind of like, come on, come on, come on, let's get to it. But, you know, in terms of, of like you said, the shadow game, the, the is he or isn't he, uh, you know, crazy? Is he, is he going to start this war? Is he not going to start this war? You know, um, and how, and, and then eventually, how the heck is he going to get out of it? Um, is just an amazing storytelling. And I'll have to say that um, I'm, I'm glad that it was the way that it was. Otherwise, um, I think I think this movie can't be done with any more action than what it had. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Without it being, you know, just a bunch of Marines punching Russians in the face. Yeah. It, you can't have too much more action. No. Because um, it would lose its subtlety. This movie is great about being subtle. Um, I, so we're gonna we're gonna go here for just a second. This is the Jack Ryan series. This is what jump started it. Um, this was originally cast, written for. Originally, this was gonna be Harrison Ford's gig. He turned it down. So then they gave it to Kevin Costner, and he turned it down. And so I think what part um, was what, what what part were they gonna play? The Jack Ryan part? Yeah, Jack Ryan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Harrison Ford was originally gonna do it, but he was doing something else. See, how old was Harrison Ford at that point? Nineteen ninety. Uh, well, he did two more after it, so it's not like yeah. he was old. Uh, he was yeah, doing true. something. I, I I saw the trivia that he was he couldn't do it for some reason, or he didn't want to do it. Um, Kevin uh, Sean Connery almost didn't play the part of Marco Ramius. Oh, could you think of anybody else in that part? Uh, well, yes, but only because I read the trivia. But um, oh. <laughs> um, but but no, I mean yes, really no is the answers I'm looking for. I, he's great in it, yep. even though his accent's a little weird. He says adversary wrong and. Uh, I'm for sure. but um, whatever. And he's um, Lithuanian, you know, because that's that's how it was. Uh, yeah, you have born. a Scottish actor, so you just say he's Lithuanian. That's why his accent's a little different. Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know. Um, and and I, I have to say, one of my favorite scenes of of any movie is in this movie, and and that is when it, it takes its audience serious. You know, they had the problem with you have Russian speaking Russian, and English people speaking English, right? Right. Obviously, they didn't want Sean Connery to speak Russian the entire movie. It just wasn't going to work that way. And they they did a masterful job of when they're in the, the captain's quarters and the political officers reading out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And you see him reading. He's reading in Russian. And they do a slow close-up of his mouth. Right. On his mouth, yeah. And it turns into English. And I think that's that was a great way to do it. it, it, it it's not... You know, it's not like some of these crazy movies that, you know, they, the Russians always spoke English only, I'm sorry, yeah, the Russians only spoke English with an English accent. It was, well, they're speaking Russian, but we are, you know, we we have been, co- you know, I don't know how can you say it, coded now that we hear the Russian being spoken in English. Right. But I just, I think that is a an amazing way to treat an audience like we're at least smart enough to realize what's happening. And the, and the, the cool thing is, is that, this is a thing that has happened in other movies since. So you can yeah. actually maybe even call that a trope. Yeah. The uh, the let's engage the universal translator trope. Yeah. Um, the babble that's fish. A good, that do what? The babble fish. Babble fish. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, nice, that's nice, a, yeah. And, and yeah, that's thanks. a good trope, I think. You know, it's a, yeah. You need that sometimes. I don't because I don't want to read the whole freaking movie. No. Um, so. So it's the first in the Jack Ryan series, and um, this one probably has the least amount of action, we, what we were just hinting to. Uh, the next one is Patriot Games, which does star Harrison Ford um, with Sean Bean 
uh, and some other ancillary characters I can't think of right now. Of course, uh, J James Earl Jones reprises his role as the same CIA guy, um, yep. which is it's a good film. I like Patriot Games. Um, it's a fine film. And then you have The Clear and Present Danger. Um, the one thing that they didn't do in this movie that they did in, I think, the other three is they do that funny thing when they say the name of their movie <laughs> in the in the movie, you know? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. They really? obviously said Red October a bunch, but no one ever said, we no, must oh. hunt the Red October. Yeah. No one said that, um, which I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if someone... Does that take you said, out of the movie? When, when you hear that in a movie, does it... Does it, it literally it makes out? me laugh. Yeah. You know, we have The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's your movie. Um, and the book, you know, but it make, it sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, I do know that the the president and uh, Clear and Present Danger, he, Harrison Ford literally says, this is a Clear and Present Danger. And <laughs> I always laugh. I don't know about, maybe, I think it's in some of all fears, too. But, and that, that movie has its issues, too, and not because of Ben Affleck, but because of some other stuff. Um, <laughs> what, could it be the nuclear bomb in Baltimore? Well, it was actually supposed to be New York or Washington, but then 9-11 happened. Yeah, um, so Baltimore's expendable, huh? Right. Um, <laughs> of course it is. Have you seen that was... place? <laughs> I, yes, my my wife's family is from yeah. there, so be careful. Oh. Yeah, um, the only thing better would have been Detroit. Oh well. Oh. Oh. He threw me out of a window. I'm sorry. There we go. Oh, <laughs> back. oh flashback. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so this, and now we have got this new Jack Ryan movie coming out with Chris Evans, uh, Captain Kirk. Um, or Chris Evans, Chris Pine. Chris oh, Pine, not Chris Evans. You mean Captain uh, America? I, yeah, not Captain America. Captain Kirk's going to be this new Jack Ryan. Um, and I'm really excited about it. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just get this out of the way. Gates McFadden is in like the first three seconds of the movie, and she would be definitely be our Star Trek connection. And I did read that she actually had a lot more stuff, but she was cut from the movie. But here's something that 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 I found interesting, and this is only me and whatever. I watched this on my iPad, and um, I've only ever watched this on like tube TVs that were in four to three aspect ratio. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm watching it in widescreen, that I'm seeing all the stuff on the side. So you know when she walks into the room and she's talking and she says none of that nonsense, just the usual two two stories, two glasses of water. I never knew that there was another person in the room. Until I watched on my iPad, there's a man standing on the staircase who's clearly the nanny or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a body in there. I literally never knew that. Hmm. And also the scene where um, uh, Sean Connery kills the political officer, spoiler, um, the screen never went low enough. So when he slams his head back on the table, all I ever saw was he, he was thrusting forward and then the guy dies. I, don't ever, I never realized until I watched it on my iPad, that he's taking his elbow and sticking it in his neck and choking him to death. I never got that. So, yay, iPad. There's your sponsor. <laughs> Apple, if you want to endorse this podcast, please send me an email. Yeah. Um, right, like that ever happened. Anyway, uh, so, so I took a bunch of notes on this movie, and, and there's actually some genuinely good trivia. You ready for some good trivia? Absolutely. I love trivia. Sure. Good. All right, here we go. I already told you that Kevin Costner was originally cast as, as Jack Ryan, but you know didn't do it. This is fun. I just I just 
put this because it was fun. When the movie was released on VHS, uh, that's, um, you know, video cassette tapes, you know, plastic and tape, for those of you who have no idea what that is, in 1991, the tapes were red. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. Um, I, I yeah, just thought that was fun. Um, uh, due to his obligation to the film, director John McTiernan had to pass up the opportunity to direct Die Hard 2 um, because of this movie, which I wish he... I'm glad he did Hunt for Red October, but then I kind of wish that they would have waited production on Die Hard 2, because Die Hard 2... That was crap. It, it has a lot of issues. Um, but that's another podcast. Uh, John McTiernan. Uh, Jack Ryan takes a teddy bear with him at home at the end of the film. McLean has one at the start of Die Hard. It's the same teddy bear. Huh. <laughs> wow. I bet that and bear then, went we... to the coast, had a few laughs. Right. <laughs> the, the, this is this is stuff that I actually find really interesting, and it actually makes you kind of appreciate more what actors do as a as a job and a and a as in a, a a skill and a talent and a and a whatever I'm trying to say. Profession. During the filming, several several of the actors portraying USS Dallas crewmen crewmen took a cruise on a real submarine. To train for his role as the Dallas's commander, Scott Glenn, great actor, was installed as the quote-unquote co-commander of the real sub. The real commander ordered his crew to first give report to him and then give the same report to Glenn. Glenn was so impressed with the commander, he basically played that man in the film, always giving orders in a calm, quiet voice, even in tense situation. Likewise, Sean Connery spent time underway aboard the USS, I guess, Pufer, Puffer, uh, preparing for his role. He was given commander status and allowed to give commands while underway, of course, with the captain beside him. I think that is cool. That is cool. Yeah. I, I, I you, just, it was funny that you say that because uh, as I'm watching this movie, I didn't look at any trivia, but as I'm watching this movie, I'm going, you know, this doesn't seem like uh, a typical movie where you see an actor in a situation where you're like, ah, I just don't buy them as this. I, I can actually buy both of these guys as captains. Right. Uh, yeah, definitely. Especially especially Sean Connery, but you know, you can just kind of see him doing whatever he wants. Uh, I did see some trivia. I didn't write it down, but they spent like three grand on Sean Connery's hairpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Something was, like that. And it was magnificent. Yeah, it, it never moved. It's like, um, uh, anyway, uh, perfectly quaffed. Um, so anyway, so that's 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 well the trivia I wrote, um, uh, and I took a bunch of fun notes. Um, did you guys notice? I never knew this. Again, I've seen this movie probably twenty times, and then today watching it, I went, "Hey, that captain of that other boat, the bad guy, the kind of bad guy, Soviet Alpha Tupolev." Yeah. He looks really familiar to me. And then it smacked me in the face. That's freaking Stellan Sarsgaard. Bootstrap Bill. The guy from oh, yeah. The Avengers. Um, I was like, holy crap. You are skinny. Um, <laughs> you know, that's what happens when you're 23 years younger. Um, so anyway, I just, I never, I, you know, what you, at the time, you know, that actor doesn't, he doesn't mean anything to me. And all of a sudden I go, oh my gosh, it's Bootstrap Bill from Pirates. And he's the guy what builds the big thing in Avengers. So, huh. um, so let's, I'm going to dive into some notes real quick. 80s text. This is kind of a trope. 
all movies and this movie came out in 1990 but the 90s are, 1990 is still kind of part of the 80s where text on your screen has to make noise <laughs> yes um, I, I don't know why and green it has to be tinted green yeah well my iPad it kind of looked white oh really yeah it, but in I, this one it was white yeah but I, I remember it on in my on TV it being green huh but like war games was was green because yeah. that was a lot of the monitors at the time. You know, they were all green. Right. You know, those Mac Apple IIEs and Commodore yeah. 64s and things like that. Right. I just That's just a fun trope whenever you see text. It always has to make noise. I don't know why. Um, but whatever. Um, I love the end of that, that bit where nothing you're about to see ever really happened. I just I find that interesting and clever and... Um, I, I don't know. There's something intriguing about we're watching a movie of events that didn't really happen. And, uh, <laughs> or did it? We're we're only privy to this because we bought the red cassette tape or something. I don't know. Instead um, of the blue cassette tape? Right, exactly. <laughs> we get to go into the Matrix. Um, uh, Whoa. <laughs> right. I, 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 I know how to um, the flight attendant doesn't know what turbulence is. I found that really dumb. Um, I don't know why the director felt like he needed to explain to us, the audience, what turbulence was, but he did. Yeah, and it kind of made Jack Ryan to be kind of a... Uh, kind of an ass. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I, you know, you don't treat a darn stewardess that way. Jeez. Or he was, whatever they're called, flight attendant now. Flight attendants. He was well, a I, I was going to say, I actually kind of thought it was a, uh, a setup for, he's a nerdy guy, he's a brainy guy, so... Someone says something and he explains it. That's how I saw it. I never saw it as him being a, a bit of an a-hole. See, I, I kind of looked at it all three ways. She's being pushy. Let the man read. Who cares if he's asleep? Why do you care if the plane flight goes faster if he's asleep? Leave, like, give him a towel and leave. <laughs> Secondly, Corny, I'm, I'm with you. He's just, he's a, he's a book nerd. He's just, I don't like turbulence. I don't, what, what do you mean by this? This is the exact definition of what turbulence is. Oh, okay. So I'm going to walk away now, stupid flight attendant. And then it obviously you know, gives us the foreshadowing later on that he hates flying, yet he has to do it like the entire movie. He's always flying somewhere, <laughs> and he hates it. Um, and, and we finally la- we learned later on why he hates it. He, he, he was in a helicopter crash where he broke his back, yep. uh, unlike... Him, he didn't have some weird guy in a prison to punch him in the back to fix him like Batman did. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, in, in literally days, of, you know, weeks. But anyway. anyway dude. That's another podcast altogether. Yes, yeah. Oh, I can't um, wait for that one. <laughs> uh, where, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, uh, my, I have multiple favorite characters on the USS Dallas. Of course, Jonesy is the... Yes. Everyone loves Jonesy. That's uh, Courtney B. Vance, isn't it? Uh, you tell me. That's a very young Courtney Vance. Uh, you might know him as the uh, as Director Vance, not Director Vance. Um, no, that's not him. Not, uh, no. not yeah, that's, that's him. I think. Well, that's his name. But that's sorry, not, no, but not. I'm, I'm saying it wrong. But uh, as the director on NCIS, uh, no, as a, no. Am I am I wrong about no. that? You're one thousand percent wrong. Nice. But that actor was on. Um, that actor was played uh, a similar role on Crimson Tide. What am I doing here? I don't know. But, he, that, but the guy that plays 
Director Vance on NCIS was on Criminal Mind, or was on Crimson oh. Tide, and his buddy on Crimson Tide is that, I don't know, that white guy who always wears glasses, was the Secretary of Navy in NCIS for like six seasons. So apparently I have this thing for Courtney B. Vance and Director Vance, and I get those two guys confused. I've done it like ten times in the past year. Don't ask me why, but it just keeps happening. I apologize. <laughs> and can I ask a, a very serious question? Uh, you can. You can. Why does Tim Curry get jobs? <laughs> I I don't think there is a single movie that I have enjoyed Tim Curry being in. Oh come on! You didn't like Rocky Horror? No. You didn't like it? No, no. Uh, <laughs> I I don't like his movies. He's creepy and. Just I you don't, don't like Clue? No. None of the movies we've actually, named, by the way, are really good movies. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I've ever seen Clue. To tell you the truth, I, oh, I think it's the voice. Movie. I think uh, it's his voice. I think it is the voice. Um, I mean, he is this kind of creepy, oh, yeah, you know, de- imp- like I don't want to say impish, but this like yeah, demon ish. He, he gives type you the person. willies whenever you see him on on screen every time. Yeah. He, if you haven't, if you don't watch Criminal Minds, um, my wife and I love Criminal Minds. He played. There was an episode where he's this serial killer, and he's um, he's kind of just just deranged, and he's he's really fat now. Um, but again, you get old. Um, but he had like these gnarly, gross yellow teeth that they gave him for the for the for the part, and he was all just he just looked like a just dirty, sweaty homo, hobo, and he's. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Hobo. Oh, hobo. And he kidnaps hobo. a girl, and she's the one that ends up basically talking him down. He ends up, you know, giving himself up. But you're right. Um, heck, even in, like, Home Alone 2, he gives me the creeps. Yeah, I just do not like Tim Curry as an actor. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I just don't see how he's, he, he gets jobs in Hollywood. But, wow. but that's far, whatever. Whatever. I, I, yeah. I'm glad you asked the question. So, anyways, the reason why I brought up Jonesy is he is a cliché. Because all he's a sound guy. For all intents and purposes, sonar guys are sound guys, and all sound guys like music. So I, I love that whole story with Pavarotti and Paganini and having music out in the water. I love that moment. Um, that actor, that guy playing sitting next to Jonesy, what was his name? Seaman Beaumont. I just realized that I recognize him, and I don't know. He he was in a, a Brotherhood. Uh, oh gosh, oh, Brother HBO miniseries. Oh. Ned Bond is his name. Band of Brothers? Band of Brothers. Wasn't he in yeah. Band of Brothers? Uh, he was in NCIS for an episode. Of course he was. Um, Who hasn't been? Right. Um, uh, <coughs> the Unit, Criminal Minds, a lot of TV crap. Jag for a long time. Uh, he wasn't in Band of Brothers. Ned Bond. Oh. oh, well, whatever. Anyway. Uh, I, I, anyway, I, I like Jonesy. I liked his energy. Um, he doesn't seem like you're, you're, he's not your typical stuffy Navy guy. Who's just by the book, you know, he's, he's doing things his own way. And, and you kind of like that, you know, the captain asks him a question. He just screams it because it's an intense moment. And, uh, I, I like Jonesy. Um, uh, why does everyone comment on the cold in Russia? Oh, so yeah, so when the if you're noticed like like three times in the movie who people are in Russia, they're like, Hey, it's cold out today. You're in Russia. It's cold uh, every day. It's always cold. 
I don't get that. Like, like even Tom Cruise in the summer when he goes to Russia, he's wearing a coat. So, uh, that, and that's in Mission Impossible 4. Um, so, uh, anyway, um, uh, some of the fun notes. Uh, feel free to jump in if you guys have something else you want to add. I just, I, I took a bunch of notes on this movie. Um, just because I, I like this movie, and I just there's these moments that I just want to share. Can, can I mention um, that it has a Carolina connection? A North Carolina connection? North Carolina connection. Oh, All right, do it. Um, the final scene uh, where they're riding the, the boat into the proverbial sunset mm-hmm. is on Lake James in Burke County, which is the county where I work. Really? It sure is. Is that in the trivia, or...? Uh, no, I've always known that. I think you can find it on IAMDB in the locations link. Right. But uh, they filmed that on Lake James. They certainly did. So that's a North Carolina lake that they are sailing the uh, the submarine through. That's a cool. landlocked lake. Yeah, obviously they didn't put yeah. a submarine there. It's a it's a it's just a boat. Yep. So there's our North Carolina connection. For, uh, well done. Yes. I'm glad you found that. Ah, stop it. Um, okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> great. Well, that's cool. Um, uh, stock footage is great. Like the stock footage of the plane crashing on the carrier. That's, that's yeah. stock footage from the Vietnam War. The uh, Vietnam War and, um, and the boat coming out of the water when they think that the Ramius is fighting off the Americans. Uh, I love just when the, when the military just gives us this great footage like that for movies. It makes me happy. Um, even in Soviet Russia, the military hates politics. I love that. <laughs> um, you know, Ramius has got this political officer. Uh-oh. We all still here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just got a weird noise in my my headphones. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, that was weird. Um, what just happened? Oh, uh, so what? So he, <laughs> so even the, the military guy hates po- politicians. They Everyone does, you know, and they always screw things up. Even in this... Soviet era, you could just see it on Sean Connery's face, or the character, the captain's face. That he hates being in the same, you know, space with this man. And he, uh, I, I, to me, I thought that was good acting. It was just all over his face, and just that, that made me happy. Um, what else did I write? Uh, it's a good thing. What? It's a good thing the singing traveled through the entire boat. Otherwise, it'd be awkward. <laughs> you know, like you have one guy singing, but like no one else is singing, and like the slow clap that doesn't happen. Yes. <laughs> Let them sing. Let them sing. And I love it how they stop. Is it? I love it how when they started singing, like they sounded like, you know, just a bunch of guys that are not trained in singing, just singing, and then all of a sudden it changes into this, you know, beautiful angelic choir. Um, right. Just out of nowhere, which I actually right. like. I love the music in this in this movie. Yeah, 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 great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. The guy's done work. The guy, the guy, Basil something. What a what a great. I mean, you can't get much more British than that. <laughs> um, Basil something. I can't find his find him, but he's he's done a lot of work. Um, and and yeah, he's really great. It's very Russian sounding. All Russian music sounds cold and depressing, and with men singing and. Um, Russian nationalist nationalism. That's a historic thing, really. Right. Uh, I think the water underwater scenes hold up still. I think they still look great. 
Despite I mean, the torpedo, um, I, I, I did notice this time that when they turned into the torpedo, that was some pretty bad. Yeah, that was yeah, bad. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's kind of it, it's clearly that they're just drawing on the screen on the film at that point. It, it, yeah. it looked kind of cartoony, but I, I but when you're just looking at the subs, like when they're doing this the turn, when they're going when they're they're maneuvering through the canyons. I just thought that was so cool and it just looked great and the ship still has looks big and massive and 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 I, I really thought that that still holds up 20 you know the, years later. The one trope that is missing from this submarine movie is the we've we're sinking too deep we're going to implode trope. Oh yeah. That well, is in yeah. pretty much every other submarine movie I can think of where you know they show everybody looking so nervous and you know the the metal is creaking, and you know they're well, dropping it, further and further until the engines start, or or they're trying to hide or something like that. But or if if I can add to that, isn't a lot of those is that the the in the the sub was not designed to go that deep. I think in this case, since it yeah. was 1984, you know we're still in the cold. 1984 was still in the heart of the Cold War, so yeah. you know you had a lot of money being pumped into uh, military. Uh, military stuff and and submarines and things like that. So, you know, sitting on the bottom of the of the abyss there wasn't um, wasn't out of the question. Well, great uh, visibility down there, by the way. Great <laughs> visibility, four thousand yards, four thousand yard visibility. That's pretty amazing. Well, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, well, obviously they weren't at the bottom of the abyss. That's six miles deep. But I, I see what you mean, Sam. Um, yeah, when you have movies like Down Periscope, you know they get to 500 feet, and that's a big damn deal. And um, and U571, they go to 700 meters, and the boat is creaking, and things are happening, and stuff is about to break, and in Crimson Tide, the boat's at like 1600 meters, and um, life is about to end, and and then Scotty finally turns the crank, and they get going back again. But yeah, you're right, that didn't happen in this, but. I guess it, there's no scene for it to really work that way, you know. I mean, there's yeah. there's only one moment of real peril uh, when the Russians are shooting at the Russians uh, from the plane. Here's the thing: this is one of the one of the few beefs I have with the movie. They're they're in the they're in the 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 gorge, whatever, and they're flying around, and this airplane that's like, you know, kind of high up in the air. They hear it, right? <laughs> they hear this airplane. And then they react to it, and they do all their defensive maneuvers. And then, like 30 minutes later, the Dallas is behind them, and they go up to get Ryan. He's in a helicopter, and they're just hovering over the water. How is that? they not hearing that helicopter, but they heard the plane. Like, Stealth technology. No. It just never <laughs> make any sense to me. I just thought, why? how could you hear that but not hear that? So whatever. Um... That was uh, something cool. So, uh, so tropes. We're gonna get. I want to get the tropes for. Uh, um, you only get bad news when you're drinking tea in this movie. <laughs> you notice that? Like, he gets the tea, and then Red October sets sail this morning, and then he drops the thing. Or, oh, you got a letter from Mar from Ramius. I'm gonna get my tea and drops it. Um, <laughs> the bad guy died because of tea. Tea is a bad thing in this world. Um, so he yeah, he slipped. Of he tea, slipped but, and died. Yeah, he sl slipped and fell on his tea or something. That's 
um, it wasn't I'm, your kind of fault. Fun, I'm actually I find it sad that everyone believed him, but and that doctor was the worst doctor ever. If he couldn't, well, his throat has been crushed. But, yeah. uh, okay. It starts when it looks like an elbow may have been there. I, nope. But, but Captain, if you say no, I, yeah. Yeah. nope. What do I know? I'm just a doctor. Yeah. yeah. What do you know? He's just a doctor. Um. Well, well speaking of like, tropes, uh, yeah, please. I get to get a chance to uh, throw in a, a Top Gun um, trope here. So you know they're they're doing the maneuver to dodge the uh, the torpedo, and it, it took me a while to think about this, but they actually pulled the I'm gonna hit the brakes. It'll fly right by. Yep. What you, you're, you're, you're escaping from uh, uh, this trip is where you're escaping from something, and uh, by stopping getting behind it, you you can uh, either avoid it or take it down. But yeah, I thought, wow, that's pretty pretty well done in a uh, submarine. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the one of the things the the most impactful moments for me in the movie is actually when. Um, they fire the torpedo, and the Dallas maneuvers in front of behind the uh, October, Red October and takes it, and they fly up into the air. And then they do that whole bit with the Red October and the Alpha, and they do that chicken part. And he has Scott Glenn delivers that great line: "Best part, or the, the hardest part about playing chicken is knowing when to flinch." And then just the whole time, you know, just right standard rudder, and he just they go right by each other. I don't know if subs can actually just go that close to each other without any kind of you know, whatever wake issues, but um, I always thought that was cool. It's like it basically to me, it's like submarines dogfighting, uh, and I just think that's just really interesting and, and fun. For um, so, if I can uh, add, a, can I throw a trope in there? Please, please, by all means. Um, well, I think I, I brought this up in our last podcast too about um, the hotshot general that knows or that doesn't yeah. want to hear anything. You know, I know what's going on here. And nobody's going to tell me otherwise. Right. Well, you slammed the door pretty hard on the general there, didn't you? <laughs> that was not my intention. Oh, yes, it was. was. Yeah. No, you're right. The, the trope that drove me bonkers was he's turning directly into the torpedo's path. Well, Jack, like, why is Jack Ryan the only one in this situation <laughs> that completely trusts this man? Like, he, he's probably forgotten more about submarining than everyone else there knows. No one else can figure out that this is what's going on. Like, I, that drove me crazy. Like, the people on the other ship, the American ship, what? He's turned directly into the torpedo? This is crazy! He's a madman! He clearly wants everybody to die. What's wrong with you people? Like, I, anyway. <laughs> uh, no, it's all crazy I, island out there. The only, the only other trope that I wrote is, then this trope is the worst trope ever, and it needs to die. It needs to be taken out in office space style and beaten to death with a bat. That microphones feedback. All microphones in Hollywood feedback. Ryan steps up to the podium, he taps the microphone, and it feeds back. <laughs> why, why does it do that? Like, I just, why? Why are you doing that? It, there's no reason to do that. So, and, and, and that's, that's the sound guy in me just losing my mind. So, anyway, I just, has that it, one, I hate it. Has there ever been a movie where it's fun to be on a submarine? 
Down Periscope. Down yeah, Periscope. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. They had a good Maybe. time on that one. I don't know. It just seems like there's so many, you know, accidents and problems on, especially nuclear submarines, that uh, I don't think I'd ever want to be a, on one. Well, I just thought of that. Maybe analog ships. Maybe you could. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. A callback to a podcast that will never air. Don't um, notice that on the on the red, on the Red October, how much space you had. Like, oh my left gosh! Right. So much room I mean, for activities. There was so much room. Like it was, the bridge was huge. Now I'm no I'm no expert on submarines, but I'm pretty sure that space is a hot commodity, and you know you can barely you know walk through a corridor without having to like. You know, suck in your gut. Like the I'm only thing I can never. think of is that the the point of that was to to give you the sense that the Red October is such a big ship that there's even extra space to kill on the bridge. Nice. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. Is like, that. And I noticed that too. Now that you've said that, after seeing that movie a thousand times, like yeah, they probably could have played hacky sack on that bridge and not been in anyone's way. There was places to hide on the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, hide and seek on a nuclear submarine. All right, guys, where did the captain go? You'll never find me. Yeah. <laughs> I should have had you do the intro. It's pretty close. And the fact that you're a six foot two black man just makes it better. I just want the audience to be aware of that fact. Well, you're welcome. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, you're pretty close. Yeah. Um, how are we doing on time? Okay, uh, so uh, I, I'm going to start to kind of wrap this thing up because Sam had a, a good idea that I want to I get to in a little bit. Um, so I, I guess basically it boils down to I, this movie is, is – is, I don't want to call it a classic. I mean, I guess 23 years old. Maybe we can call it that. I don't know. Um, it's one of the, you know, it's, it, you could have to put it in the, in the halls of, of great sub films, submarine yeah. films. Um, I can't imagine that there's that many, there might be a bunch I'm just unaware of, but I, I just, I like the movie. I like the tone. I just, everything about it's great. The, the Hans from the bad guy from Lethal Weapon 2, who's in the president, in the office with the secretary and all we... We lost a ship. Oh, he's crazy. Oh, we lost another ship. Like that guy was, like he served no purpose other than just to to be funny to me. I don't know. He just, um, he just he seemed like he was a trope. He was just a dumb, not a dumb Russian, but ah, kind of a useless Russian, I guess. I don't know. Um, but maybe it's that's just what he plays. That's his lot in life. Um, uh, so I'm 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 kind of I'm, I'm kind of running out of steam. I don't. There's not much more else I can say about this movie other than. Yeah. I love this movie. Um, so, so let's just go ahead. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? Any tropes? Any things? Any any burning desires that it must be said about this this movie? I, no, uh, no, it's one of those you can't. You know, the things we said are little funny, nitpicky things, but there's really nothing awful about this movie. It's a great movie. I think it'll be a great movie. You know, for years and years and years ago. Ditto. Good job. Yeah. Color commentary at its finest. Because <laughs> right. um, one, one last piece of one last 
thing I, I think is fun is that it won an Oscar, by the way. Now, it was for best visual effects and sound effects editing. Huh. But that's still pretty freaking awesome to me. Um, that this movie, I just, I think this movie is a little underrated. Uh, and it just, this movie just, it makes me happy. Um, and the fact that it only has a 7.6 on IMDb makes me feel a little sad. But, um, you know, that's whatever. Well, on, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's all the way up to 95%. So that should yeah. make you feel better. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. Um, I'll go vote a bunch of times and pull it up. Um, <laughs> so, so we do this at the end of every episode. We kind of, uh, uh, we give it a rating, usually out of 10. Um, so, uh, uh, Corny, out of 10, um, what do you give it? Uh, what out of what? I give it, uh, oh gosh, I'll give it a, a seven and a half uh, seismic activities out of 10. Right. Okay. Nice. Chad? I'm giving it uh, nine crazy Ivans. I'm crazy. Yeah. That's that's a high that's a high score. Yeah, that's really nice. Yes. And and you know what? I I can't argue with you, Sam. Yeah, I uh, uh, eight and a half uh, radiation leaks. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. And um, I would probably give it yeah eight and a half to nine. Yeah. Dead political officers. I just, the only good po- just, the only good political officer is a, is a, a dead political so so movie quotes so we always do this we always wrap up with 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 iris shaking and um Try again. With molly. Yeah. Yeah, oh with molly oh molly yeah. shaking and um with a movie quote that we kind of feel sorry my door just opened and the cat walked in and that just freaked me the hell out because yeah. my door just opened um Hello, kitty. And cats are evil. Um, sorry, you cat lovers. Do not send your hate mail. Send uh, your to hate me. mail to Sean yeah. at. Um, so, so we always we always pick a movie quote that that we kind of feel like that either a sums up the movie or b that we just like and makes us happy. Uh, so, uh, Corny, did you find one? Did you get I one? I did. I did find one. All right, you go. What's your movie quote? <clears throat> What's he going to do? Sell in New York? Pop the hat and say, "Here I am." It might just be that simple. Yes. Nice. Nice. I, I didn't, we didn't talk enough. We didn't talk anything actually about Fred Thompson. Anything Fred? Th- I could listen to that man read the phone book. By the way, <laughs> uh, Fred Thompson's the admiral of the um, of the uh, aircraft carrier, the Enterprise. He's Senator Fred Thompson of the Enterprise. Yes, the, these are the voyages of the USS Enterprise. Um, he he has great one-liners in movie. Uh, history. Uh, one of his is, is one of my favorite quotes. If you guys don't use it, then I'll say something else. But it, when it, there's another really fun movie that he did uh, called Baby's Day Out. It's that, you know, based on the book where the baby does all these rem- miraculous things and never gets hurt and the bad guys all get hurt. Uh, and he has a line where he says, we have to go back to the TikTok to get the boo-boo. Um, it just makes me happy to hear him s- to say stuff. So, anyway... Uh, Fred Thompson's the man. Uh, go, Senator Fred Thompson. Um, <laughs> uh, is it corny? Uh, no, corny. Uh, Chad, Chad, your your mo- your movie quote. I'm gonna have to go with the. Uh, well, what's the plan, son? What do you there mean, what is. plan? Well, wrestlers don't take a dump without a plan. That's, that's it. That's. Uh, I think that was where you were going with that. So. Yeah. I'll be a Huckleberry. That, 
That's my one of my favorite quotes <laughs> of the movie. I love it. And to the point that I, I mentioned earlier that my dad and I have this weird bond with this movie, I can literally say to my dad, hey, so dad, what's the plan? And he'll say, what plan? And then I can say that quote. Well, Rus- average, Rusky, average Russia doesn't take a dump without a plan. And, and we both laugh and move on. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Sam. Um, <clears throat> I guess mine would be from one of the greatest actors of all times. I will live in Montana, and I will marry a round American woman and raise rabbits, and she will cook them for me. Of course, you have to yes. take the line that Sam Neill says, yes. who is in Jurassic Park, which is Chad, which is Sam's favorite movie. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. <laughs> Jeez. No one cares about your stupid freaking movie. I love it. Um, we should do that for this for this podcast and just rip it to shreds. Oh, we should. <laughs> <laughs> How convenient that the banner falls just as the T-Rex is falling. And no one watched the T-Rex come in the big room. No one saw that. Really? The, the loudest dinosaur ever. The T-Rex could be very, <laughs> very sneaky. Stop it. it. No. <laughs> stop it. Very stealthy. Well, if, if you guys don't stop, it'll be dinosaur about it. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's painful. Um, please send your hate mail to Corny Logan at... Uh, anyway jeez well so uh, so Chad took mine that's my favorite quote but I had a backup because I figured someone would use it so and this one actually comes with a um a a sound effect so to speak oh oh lord so so here we go So, so so Ryan is trying to plead his case on the bridge and he says you have to listen to me and the captain says Mr. Thompson please Please send the chief on the boat with his sidearm. So. <laughs> what is that? With the snap. It's him snapping his fingers. He says, <laughs> have, have the chief come to the boat with his sidearm. And the guy just snaps his fingers, and the guy, the chief knows what to do. I love that part. So, so now I have this <laughs> for all eternity. <laughs> There was no montage in this movie. No, this movie would have been great if you'd done the montage of building it, you know, that, uh, that shipyard there. Building building the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Red October? No, no, no just uh, when uh, Jack Ryan's walking through the shipyard with the, uh, they toss him the, uh, the helmet. Oh, yeah, they toss right. him the helmet as an afterthought. Yeah. Here, protect yeah, your head they, in this highly industrial environment. Yeah. Uh, just because you're CIA means that the, the rivets falling won't hurt you. That's so feel free to walk in. Um, uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, so there we go. So now we're going to take just a moment or two. Uh, Sam came up with this idea of doing um, a top three Sean Connery, not Bond film movie list. Um, and I thought that was actually a really good idea. So that's what we're going to do. So... Um, so top three, Sean Connery, not James Bond movie. Go check. <laughs> oh, see the non, the non Bond thing. Cause I have a special place in my heart for Bond and for Sean Connery as Bond, and especially Dr. No and, and from Russia with love. But anyway, uh, my, my top three Sean Connery charts, you know, one definitely Hunt for Red October, but, uh, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. And then that was my number two. And then uh, a number three was a I had a tie. I hope that's okay. Well, it's going to be okay because I said so. 
Um, it's going to be between Dragonheart and First Night. Oh, First Night. I, okay. I, I have no reason to even talk at this point. Yeah. Well, I, that take uh, is, is, is it bad that I have a hard time watching First Night because it looks too clean? It does look really clean for, but for medieval armor, clothing, sets. Well, well I, you got to think about it this way. A, it's, it's it's not. I mean, King Arthur. He's he, he walks around. He calls himself king because he pulled pulled the sword out of pulled the sword out of a water out of water, you know. And you know, it's it's all based on mythical things. And in Camelot, everything's nice. Yeah, right. I guess whatever. Tis, but tis a silly place. Tis a silly place. I, I pulled a. a <laughs> it's only know, a model. A matchbox car out of the toilet doesn't make me, you know, my house any cleaner here. No, but it's a start. Yeah. No, but it does make you a better race car driver. <laughs> uh, Corny, your turn. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, The Rock. Ah, <laughs> uh, welcome to The Rock. Oh. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Untouchables. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't even I've, think of that I've one. I've never seen it, but I've told it. i I, I got to watch it. It's so great. Yeah. I've never seen it, though. And it's uh, and it, like Chad, it's really hard because of, I can only think of Bond, James Bond. Uh, but, uh, if I had the third movie, I would go with, what's the, uh, Finding, for, uh, was it Finding Forrester? Finding Forrester. Forrester. Yeah, Finding Forrester. That's a really good movie. Is that like, like, searching for Bobby Fischer? Or no, a, no. Or a Goodwill Hunting? He's a, he's a, re, he's a recluse, recluse, recluse? Recluse. Recluse. Writer. Recluse. Uh, and, uh, the athlete... The, the actor who plays in the, the Express, uh, the, uh, I can't think of his name. Um, he's a he's a he's a basketball athlete. Goes to this prep school, and uh, he's a brilliant writer, and and he loves books. And they these two, him and Sean Connery, kind of meet up. Rob uh, Brown, actually, kind of. Uh, thank you. And they kind of uh, break the, the the stereotype of of just your typical kind of dumb black jock type guy, um, and it. And, and and they kind of help each other through this journey because Sean Connery's character has lost his his wife and basically his will to live and he's just this you know guy living in his apartment and um, who is that actor Corny who uh, he uh, Forrest uh, Whitaker the the basket no uh, Rob Brown <laughs> he's not in that movie the kid no, yeah Rob Brown he yeah he embarrasses the teacher who is the teacher oh um, gosh he killed Amadeus. Um, Amadeus? Amadeus? He killed Mozart. Yeah. What's his name? Um, Salieri. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I, Who? Professor Salieri. Matthews? Or Professor Robert Crawford? Uh, uh, Crawford. F. Murray Abram. Abraham. F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. He is this douchebag professor, and the kid just puts him in his place and smacks him down, and it also has Rogue in the movie. It's a really good movie. Huh. Um, anyway. Uh, so, uh, uh, Sam, uh, definitely Indiana Jones made a, a absolutely perfect, um, uh, senior Indy, um, yep. or senior Junior. Jones, I guess. Junior. 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 Uh, I've got to say, the um, dog, Indiana. <laughs> I've got, I've got to say the rock. I love the rock. It's another one of my favorite movies. Um, and, uh, probably Dragonheart. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. So. Um, I hate to. I hate that's, to give that's up. That's literally my top three. Is it really? 
Yeah, like, for, like, like that's completely it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that don't like Dragonheart and think that it's a bad film. Oh. I really like Dragonheart. Yeah. I think that that the dragon looks cool and interesting, and 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 um, you know Lupin is the bad guy, and I, I really enjoy that movie, and and Sean Connery is the dragon in it. Yeah. Um, and of course, Indiana Jones the third third one is the is the best Indiana Jones. Yes, it is. Yes. To your to I'm and you are blue in the face that the Last Crusade is the best of the four, um, hands down because he actually influences the outcome <laughs> of the movie. Um, <laughs> and there's no magic involved um, or nope. aliens. Wait, uh, wait, and, there is and some the magic. Rock is just. <laughs> Yeah, yeah there is magic. some magic. Yeah. You chose okay, okay. If, if you want to call it magic, I call it the 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 the, the mystic mysticism of God. Mysticism but sure, of... you can use a word like magic. Yeah, you know, it's not Harry Potter. Uh, oops, somebody just unplugged their headphones. That was that was me. Sorry, guys. This is fun <laughs> podcasting. Is this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why we're called cheap seats. Yes. Um. Uh, and and of course, um, um, whatever that said, <laughs> The Rock is just a great '96 action. Michael yeah. Bay at his finest. Um, Can I say I kind I of like give... Entrapment as well? You remember Entrapment? Uh, oh yeah, kind of sucks. Uh, she didn't like Entrapment. I think that actually, it was interesting. That movie's terrible. I like. I'm going to have no. to agree with with Sean on this one. It was kind of terrible. That movie's terrible. It gives well, it me... had, the only well, reason why that movie was made is so they can get Catherine Zeta Jones while she was still looking good in tight leather and make her do interesting things near lasers. Yeah, I, I that's agree. it. That's I, the only reason why. I liked it. Um, I, but you're gonna give me, you're gonna give me grief on this one, and I deserve it. But I, I for whatever reason find. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, an okay film. Yeah. Um, and I like him in it. And I know Cricket. it's not a very good movie. Do what? Cricket. Cricket. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not a very good film, and it's his last film, and that makes me sad. It could have been um, so, so much better. It could have been so, so much, much better. better. You're right. And and it wasn't because of him. That's Let's true. throw that out there. It's not because of Sean Connery. Uh, and the and the idea of that movie I find infinitely interesting. Uh, that he he's basically an old Indiana Jones because that's yeah. what Indiana Jones is based off of is the Alan Quartermain stories. But it's not even. It's, but that's that's like I said. It's it's a side thing. So great. Well, that was fun. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you if you want to see a really really weird movie with Sean Connery, go watch Zardoz. <laughs> yeah. If you, no what, one has ever heard of that. What year was that made? 1974. Oh lord. Um, there it is. He was dead. That's, that's that's a that's the movie where um, he was. Um, I think he had like an overdue light bill and he needed some money. So <laughs> money. So he does this terrible thing. This that movie is. I've seen like bits of it. It's horrific. Um, but you know. Sean Connery has Zardoz. Christopher Plummer has Star Crash. You know, so I mean, yeah. Um, oh, this is the he wears the uh, fake bikini thing. What? What? Everyone's kind of wearing a onesie <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's that's beside the point. Yeah. Uh, let's, so let's wrap this. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> time to wrap things up. Uh, so yeah. Uh, well, thanks again for spending 
uh, well, about an hour with us, and uh, we, we we certainly appreciate you. Uh, you have certainly many uh, options for podcasting, and we we like we appreciate you choosing um, Cheap Seat Reviews. Special thanks goes out to Sight and Sound AV. Uh, you can find them at sightandsoundnc.com. Steve Everett for our bumper music. Check him out at steveeverett.net. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com, backslash, backslash, slash, whatever. You know what I mean. Cheap Seat Reviews. And follow us on Twitter at Cheap Seat Cast. Please send your emails to cheapseatreviews at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes. Um, and on Liz, Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Uh, and you can search for our cast uh, for Cheap Seat Reviews. And we are there also. Um, so for on behalf of, of, of Chad and Corny and Sam, uh, this is Sean saying thanks for listening and good night. Das Vidania.